I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Hey, do you have your you have your ballot sent in yet? Have you mailed it in? Yeah, well, there's a deadline. Yeah, June 30th. You've got until June 30th, but why wait? Do it today. Just sit down at your desk, your kitchen table. Uh, maybe you've got your ballot there at work. Fill it out. Drop it off in the mail, will you? You and I together will rock the vote from home and everywhere else here at KSL News Radio. So yesterday, you know that we dedicated about an hour and a half to a press conference which was hosted by Governor Herbert as well as uh, House Speaker Brad Wilson, Senate President Stuart Adams, as well as state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn and some folks from the economic community, specifically Teresa Foxley, who is the president and CEO of the Economic Development Corporation of Utah. She, she discussed uh, some of the goals laid out in the Utah Leads Together 4.0 plan that was presented yesterday by the governor and uh, others. Specifically, she discusses laying the groundwork for economic expansion through infrastructure and human capital investments. Uh, she very briefly laid out what the task force recommends. The task force recommends accelerated bonding for infrastructure. Okay, that's very good. Now, one of those recommendations for active transportation and uh, outdoor recreation is specifically mentioned when she brings up a contemporary civilian conservation corps. In this category, we recommend the state and local governments focus on projects that will increase quality of life in our urban communities and bring jobs to gateway communities. We may see a contemporary version of the Civilian Conservation Corps arise from this effort. We may see a contemporary version of the Civilian Conservation Corps arise from this effort. That's the one line. Well, no, listen, there was much said, much shared in that press conference of yesterday. That's very, very important. Much of what you heard yesterday will be essentially the roadmap for economic recovery here in Utah as we attempt to bounce back from this uh, so-called recession, which has come about as, as a result of the coronavirus. And one of the things that may spring up, according to uh, Teresa Foxley, again, who has uh, been instrumental in the creation of this Utah Leads Together 4.0 plan, she, in her position as president and CEO of the Economic Development Corporation here in Utah, she predicts that possibly we may see a contemporary version of the Civilian Conservation Corps. Now, okay, fine. Do you know what the Civilian Conservation Corps is? Do you, do you remember, either from your own life experience, if you're a bit older, or if you paid close enough attention in history class? Yeah, the Civilian Conservation Corps came up in about 1933. It was a work relief program. It was part of FDR's New Deal. It was initially designed to help unemployed, unmarried men typically between the ages of 18 and 25, those who had been uh, particularly impacted most severely by the Great Depression. 
Now, what did it do? It provided uh, certain jobs related to the construction and the development of natural resources here in the United States on some rural lands, some rural publicly owned lands, federal, state, and local lands. And it was designed to provide jobs for young men to relieve the families, their own families, who had been impacted so devastatingly by the Great Depression. Now, was it a, a good move or a bad move? Are we in a circumstance now where the government needs to be creating jobs for the sake of creating jobs? That's kind of what the CCC, the Civilian Conservation Corps, started as. It was, you know, folks were looking around, okay, how can we put folks to work and pay them? Uh, all right, how about we make, uh, we'll get some of these camps together, we'll take care of these uh, public lands. That'll do. Now, later, those camps turned into uh, something of quite a benefit to the United States, an unforeseen uh, benefit at the time. But you and I have discussed this a few times as we've looked back in history with these Civilian Conservation Corps camps. We have, uh, we've learned and shared the details together that in the midst of World War II, the Civilian Conservation Corps camps were repurposed uh, as prisoner of war camps. Yeah, you, you might not have remembered this. Uh, I didn't remember catching it in history class. But during World War II, here in the United States, we housed over half a million Axis POWs. Yeah, so there were uh, Nazis. There were uh, Japanese. There were uh, uh, the Italians. The Japanese in the relocation camps, uh, a different issue there. But uh, the, the Germans and Italians were certainly imprisoned after we captured them on the battlefield. Uh, they were brought back in empty cargo ships, and they were housed uh, at the Civilian Conservation Corps camps, which were repurposed. Now, that's a tangent. The, the, the real issue at hand here is the, the claim, maybe, by Teresa Foxley yesterday that we may be seeing a contemporary version of these Civilian Conservation Corps. Do we need that here in Utah? I don't, I don't think that we do. I think that there are a number of indicators saying that if something like that were to arise, it would be only as an absolute last resort. And I don't think that we should take deliberate steps towards uh, the government creating jobs for the creation of jobs' sake. Because I think that we are creative enough here in Utah. We are robust enough. And that's not just a subjective guess. We have objectively seen uh, estimates by uh, you know, some real smart economists throughout the country. Moody's, as a matter of fact, uh, did a study. Uh, the details of that were reported in Forbes magazine, which indicated that Provo and Salt Lake City are two of the nation's cities best positioned to respond economically to the damaging impacts sustained by the coronavirus. We are also a very entrepreneurial state. We see that uh, everywhere. Utah businesses thrive. Utah businesses are strong. You and I are strong, and we thrive, and we have the ability to bounce back. And I'm anxious tomorrow uh, to see uh, unemployment numbers. We got a glimpse today of the unemployment benefit claims, and they are down 
uh, from last week. That is a good indicator. Tomorrow, when we get unemployment numbers, we will have an even better indicator of how we are doing, what our trajectory is like as we bounce back from uh, this little bump in the road caused by the coronavirus. I sure hope, I sure, sure hope that we don't find ourselves in a circumstance where uh, our government leaders feel they need to create jobs for jobs' sake. Now, infrastructure, that's a different story. Infrastructure is something that is, uh, from time to time, necessary. And we've been discussing this for a long, long time here in the state of Utah. As we uh, grow our population, as people uh, move here from elsewhere, finding the, the community here so attractive, you know, we are growing. And so we need to address infrastructure. Infrastructure jobs are not handouts. But much of the New Deal was a handout, and we don't need any of that today, I don't believe. I think we're stronger than that. I think we're more resilient than that, and we are more creative than that. That's all I'll say on that. It was, and Thank you for going along on that little ride with me, talking about the Civilian Conservation Corps. I heard it mentioned yesterday, and I thought, whoa, 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 that, is, that, that, that approach runs a little bit counter to, the, uh, to most of the attitude felt by folks here in Utah. We, we can handle things ourselves. We don't need uh, any more government stepping in trying to fix things so we'll leave it at that and we'll keep our eyes open to see if something like that ever does pop up we're going to take a break now when we return i want to share with you some more details uh, which have come from the supreme court today the ruling is that the president's executive order of 2017 uh, was executed improperly and therefore the daca program continues i'll share with you some more details and reactions by those in the know next on live mike i'm lee lonsberry and this is ksl news radio